<laughs> All right. It looks like we have made it back to where we're supposed to be. Apologies for anyone that was on the broadcast and then we got kicked off of Facebook. I don't know what Mark Zuckerberg has against the Guardian Academy, but evidently he has issues. Welcome to another episode of TGA Unofficial Live. I'm Scott Perry, Guardian 112. Uh, along here with my intrepid co-host Vivica. Um, this is a conversations that we host with uh, some of our favorite people. And today uh, I've got one of my very, very favorite guardians in the room. Nicole Richards is here. And uh, just in case you're watching somewhere other than the official Facebook group, uh, if you'd like to learn more about the Guardian Academy, there'll be some links dropped in in a little bit that will direct you to places where you can learn more. Um, so with that, Vivica, what's going on? Uh, we're live, hopefully now. So we're, we're ready to rock and roll. <laughs> Excited to be here. Um, Mr. Cole, just, uh, you know, introduce yourself to everybody and uh, let us know, you know, where you're from, what you're doing. Uh, I'm Nicole Richards. I'm from, I split my time between Sedona, Arizona and Durango, Colorado. And I'm currently starting up a coaching program to help people get closer to what they want and find their true soul purpose by shifting their perspective by intentional degrees. Love it. It's, it's so, so how did you, I guess, come about this? Like what, what brought you to, to this, this road that you're going down right now? Oh, wow. That's a loaded question. How much time do we have? No, I'm kidding. Um, so really, it's just kind of been something that's been natural for me to help people kind of see what they couldn't see there throughout my entire life. I really noticed this pattern showing up clear back in the high school years, clear back, and um, just been something that I always thought about doing and didn't really step into. And then over the last year, becoming, um, being part of the Guardian Academy and also part of CCA has really just helped me gain a lot of clarity around exactly what I did want, more importantly, what I didn't want. And so I really just started removing the things that no longer worked in my life, little by little. Although if I compile them all together collectively, it seems like a lot has happened in the last 12 months. Um, but by removing those things, it's really just helped me gain a lot of clarity and start me down the road of uh, discovery of what I uh, what I really do want to do and how I would like to show up and serve others. So, Nicole, it just occurred to me as you were sharing uh, what's been going on for the last year that it's been, it was just about a year ago that you and I connected uh, in the Guardian, um, Guardian Academy uh, Discord room. And uh, I know, so I love the branding of um, your authentic, uh, the authentic soul journey. And you've touched on it a little bit, but I just, I wonder if it wouldn't be instructive for some folks to hear a little bit more context about, I mean, I think that most of the time people like us um, are helping other, like we're, we're scratching our own itch and what we end up offering to the world as coaches is, is a process or an approach that we've developed by solving a difficult problem for ourselves that took a long time, maybe longer than necessary. Mm -hmm. um, 
so if you're willing to to share a little bit more context, I just think it would be really helpful for folks to know, like, how did you come to be doing this work? And what are those things that you alluded to that you had to kind of cut cut away from your life and prune so that you could um, be living more your authentic soul journey? Oh, it's such a great question. So shifting perspectives by intentional degrees, it took me a long time to realize that we don't have to accomplish everything all at once. And if we just, you know, I started waking up each day with the focus of even one one simple word. It's like, what is my one word for the day? And sometimes that was courage. Sometimes it was gratitude. Sometimes it was you know, like there was, it could be a multitude of things. And then I would go through a journaling process with this one particular word and be very intentional about it and really just sink in and see what resonated with me internally instead of listening to my chatterbox brain tell me what to write. I just really started listening internally and discovering um what, you know, like what was the next sentence in the process? And I did this through like an eight sentence process, essentially. And through this process, I realized how much more in tune I was to my body, how much more calm I was, and how much easier it was really to cope with my surroundings, whether good, bad, or indifferent. And it really just started making the transformational difference in how I showed up in my own life every single day and, and created like a deep rooted transformation from within instead of always coming from the chatterbox brain and listening to it and what it thinks is right. And so, you know, like that just allowed me to stop living out of a place of fear, but instead come from a place of understanding. And I could be more compassionate, not only with myself, but with others too. And it's, it's been kind of a fun journey. And through that process, I've created my first of um, hopefully many journals to come. I have eight of them planned out for creation, but the first one is completely done. It just needs to go to print. Love it. So what's the process, I guess, of kind of figuring out what no longer serves you or how did you go about, you know, elimination? Because I constantly tell or, or, or go by like I learn most days what not to do, not necessarily what to do, but what not to do. And you kind of resonated when you said I kind of had to get rid of the things that weren't maybe getting you closer and it's not necessarily adding more, but kind of subtraction. So how did you go about that process? I think on, on like a deep soul's level, we all really know what doesn't belong in our lives. We just almost are scared to look at it. You know, that fear-based brain comes in or we're unwilling to look at it. We're unwilling to make the changes. And so the journaling process that I spoke about was very, very revealing and just started showing me the things that really mattered to me and the things that really just didn't belong there anymore. Um, it was some tough decisions because some of that was relationships that no longer worked. Some of that was, I had closed a business during that time. Um, so a lot of the choices I had to make uh, were not easy decisions. Um, and it was, 
a very painful time, but I, in hindsight, over the last year, I'm glad I condensed it down to a one-year time frame, which I don't even think it has to be that long, but it just took me that long to figure it out. But also along those lines, I think a lot of people have continued to live this misery for a period of 30 years or 20 years, or even if it's only five years, when it's really unnecessary to do that if you just start recognizing what you're patterns are and releasing attachments to those patterns while still like moving in a new direction. Um, Because once we start to clear our limiting beliefs and return to our natural state of alignment, things just start to naturally fall in place for us. Hmm. One of the things that there's a couple of ancient philosophical and spiritual texts that inform my work. What I, one of the things I love about, um, your choice of branding is this idea of um, a soul journey. You know, in a lot of ancient philosophical and spiritual traditions, um, they advocate that <clears throat> it's your sacred duty to live your soul's true purpose. Yes. And at the same time, it can be really challenging for us to return to that or to rediscover that or reconnect with that because parents, peers, institutionalized occupation, standardized education, you you know, makes us all conform and follow this roadmap where the herd is all going in in one direction. And uh, knowing in more detail about some of the things that you pruned away, I mean, we're talking about big things like career, intimate relationships, and that sort of thing. Uh, I'm curious about, you know, you said that you were focusing on a word a day. Um, and you know, what are, cause you really did some extra, you made some extraordinarily bold, courageous, disciplined, committed moves. Um, so I think we could all benefit from some of your vocabulary. So share some of those words that you were journaling about that helped you make this bold, um, move to to recenter yourself and and live the life that you know you felt like you were meant to live yeah a word that appeared often for me was courage um and it wasn't so much of like i can have the courage to go out and, and accomplish x y and z but more to the point of could i show up in a way to have the courage to really on a very, very deep level look and say, what is it about? Well, okay, so let me back up a little bit. So I would start with like the word courage, for example. And as I tuned into my own body, something else would show up and it might be like, I'm, I'm resisting addressing issue X. And so then it just really, and then the next sentence, maybe I don't want to, I don't want to address issue X because of Y. And so by the time I went through that eight sentence process, it started to just become very clear what was underneath the the concept and then what, and the next question, and then what, and the next question, and then what. Um, willingness was a big one for me. Um, willingness was hard. I didn't realize how resistant I truly was to making change. So willingness also showed up a lot. Um, discovery showed up a fairly a fairly relevant amount. Um, 
But those, I would say those were the top three that I really had to look at um, just to keep the process rolling. And sometimes when that word would show up multiple days in a row, I was like, dang, really? I have to do this word again? And that just showed me that I really had some deep-seated uh, a deep-seated belief system around certain things that kept showing up. And to your point, Scott, I have the saying that I refer to a lot, and I say mother, father, teacher, preacher, because those were some of the people who initially influenced us early on in our journeys and maybe set forth some conditioning we didn't even realize that we were areas that we didn't even realize we were having conditioning in. So to go back through all of that process and remove that human conditioning, not saying it was right or wrong, but some of it was probably correct for me and some of it probably wasn't. And to remove some of that really just made like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just like layers and layers and layers of burden and it was taken up mind space. It was taken up emotional space. Just let those layers continuously fall off day after day. Can you speak to relationships and how to maybe rid some of those or make the hard decisions of this relationship is no longer serving me or it's toxic or maybe it's none of, none of it and it's just, just not conducive to what you're doing, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be a negative or a bad thing, but maybe it's just something that's not getting you closer. Can you just give anyone any insights on how to handle that? Because that's kind of very emotional for some people or it feels kind of almost like taboo if it's like someone in the family, right? Like how do I not talk to my cousin or sister or aunt or something like that? So can you just kind of help help us out with that? Yeah, sometimes with with removing it, it, I like what you said, because it's not always about like fully removing them out of your lives, but creating uh, more appropriate boundaries of this. You know, I, I guess I love when I hear Nick or Dan or whoever talk about know yourself, because really that's what about it is about is knowing yourself. Um, for example, I have this one friend that it's just like this particular person just wants to always kind of live on the doom and gloom side of life, doesn't ever want to change anything, doesn't want to look at anything. And when they're a significant person in your life, you don't just want to completely cut them out of your life. But when you realize that when you're around them and you feel your own feelings start to become less than you start into self-judgment. Then you, when you can recognize what it's creating within yourself, you start to recognize how to appropriately interact with that person. What's an okay amount of time versus not at all. Do you just need a break for a period of time? Then maybe you can revisit it. You know, like there's so many factors within that journey of really, um, determining how to deal with those relationships and how to um, remove them, I guess, because removing is a pretty broad word and can mean so many different things, but maybe it's just not daily interaction. Maybe it's, you know, let's meet once a month for coffee in a public place for an hour or, you know, whatever it ends up being. It's it's it really just comes back to your own bumpers and how it's affecting you on your own soul's level. 
I really love Vivica's question and, and what you just shared, Nicole, because we, I think, too often fail to recognize how what a force multiplier for good or for ill relationships are. Um, you know, we, we are social creatures by nature. We're surrounded by people um, in our lives through our, you know, family connections, um, our intimate connections and our, you know, looser circles of, of friends and acquaintances. And you know, I, I remember Lucas during his CCA presentation talking about, you're not the average of the five people you spend the most time with, which is what people lo love to quote but you're actually um, the cumulative average of all the people in your network, all the people in their network and all the people in their network. And when you look at it that way, you know, it, it becomes daunting, but what your response reminds me of is like, we actually do get, like whether or not we're going <clears> to <throat> cut people out of our lives um, is, you know, it's not the only solution. We get to decide how much of our attention, our energy, our time, you know, people get, and we can give more of that to people that enhance our lives. We can give less of that to people that, um, that, you know, are, are depleting our average. So I, I love that answer. And I just wanted to amplify that. The, the, something that you said earlier, I'd love to have you speak to a little bit more, which is um, you talked about how there are certain words and certain things that came up that you felt a lot of resistance around. And um, I love that you paid attention to that because we forget what a power, like, you know, I mentioned, you know, we're all given this roadmap and we're all told to head in the same direction as kids, as, as teenagers, young adults. And at some point, some of us wake up to this idea that maybe going in the same direction as everyone else is not the way for us to learn how to play our game. Um, maybe we've been, you know, maybe the game of life is playing us instead of the other way around. And but it's really hard to 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 abandon the roadmap, which provides certain kind of guarantees uh, around, you know, rewards around salary and status and stuff. Um, but trusting that internal compass becomes or embracing our internal co compass mm -hmm. and body can be really challenging and but things like resistance to me feel like they must be they must have been signals to you like oh i'm feeling resistance therefore i must be pointed in a direction worth exploring so i'd, I'd love to have you speak just a little bit more to that if you're willing yeah absolutely Resistance has kind of become one of my favorite things because it really is, the resistance really is an indicator, at least in my book, of our greatness that lies beneath it. And and it's kind of like our, our human mindset versus what Dr. Jeff Spencer talks about, our champion's mind. That's kind of the difference is one of them's our human mindset and one of them's our champion's mindset. It's like, are we able to go underneath the resistance and really look and see what's there after we take the time and do the frequency, the intensity to remove the resistance in whatever area that may be? Um, because once you get underneath the resistance, which a lot of ego shows up in resistance, right? But once you get underneath that, you can see you can see the value of who you really are. And maybe as importantly, you can see the value in other people. 
I'll never forget the day I just had to run into the grocery store for like one or two things, which is generally the case because I hate grocery shopping. But so I just had to run into the grocery store for a couple of a couple of things. And this guy, I would guess like maybe early to mid thirties was sitting there. He was obviously homeless. He was obviously had some mental health issues going on. And in that exact moment when I saw him, I just recognized how much love and compassion I had for this person because they were doing their absolute best in this moment in time to show up exactly as the person they are in this moment. And there was like no judgment of, you know, like he could go get a job or he could, you know, any of that type of stuff that sometimes arises within us. There was none of that. And to really have done some of my own work and be able to show up on that level to see beyond what appears in a person and really see what's underneath and what gifts they truly do have and help to strip away all that doesn't belong is really, really a powerful position to step into because it's the give to earn all over again, right? Like I actually get to give to these people, show up in in their lives in a way that serves them without without like enabling or um yeah i don't know what word i was looking for but without just enabling that person you really get to kind of walk the journey with them and be there to support them in a in a way that's beneficial what um you you're a guardian and you're you were in tca so what would you say is your favorite kind of go-to principle and then one that maybe you struggle with? Mm, my favorite go-to is definitely closer versus more. <laughs> it's if I strip away everything else and we get exactly what we want by doing the thing that gets us closer, we're going to really show up again, on our soul's level, how we're supposed to show up and be who we're supposed to be. So that's my absolute favorite. Um, What one do I struggle with? Or if you're coaching people and you're trying to, you know, kind of, you know, show them or kind of share with them certain things, maybe something that you see or see us struggle. Sometimes we're in the chats and, you know, so is there any concepts you see? Mm. I'm sure there is, but I can't think of anything in particular off the top of my head. You got me on that one, Vivica. Um, I just, I'm going to, I'm going to interject here because I'm, I'm going to put forth an assertion and I'd love both of your answers to this. We all have our favorite principle. And I would argue that often our favorite one is also the one that we struggle the most with. Because I really love closer over more too. And if I look honestly at my day to day, I chase more, <laughs> way more than I would be comfortable admitting in public. Oh crap, I just did. Anyway, I, I just wonder if that resonates at all with all the Vivica. I, I would say that highly resonates because that has been probably the primary principle I have focused on for the last year. And the, 
So that's probably why it's my favorite is because it was so hard. And there was days that I couldn't even like show up and say a single word without tears coming to my eyes, or maybe I would completely lose my voice. So it was a really tough principle to um, lean into and to surrender to and really like surrender. That was such a huge thing for me was like, I really had to surrender because like you mentioned, Scott, and of course, you know me a little better than a lot of people do, but like walking away from very significant things that identified in that moment who I thought I was and all of that was really, really challenging. And all of those decisions, well, I don't want to say it all and generalize quite that way, but a lot of those decisions were about more and more and more and more. And becoming a guardian and being in CCA really made me realize none of that stuff even really mattered that much. It was about getting closer to what I really did desire. Mm. I love that. I can see, I can totally see that Scott, because I've been on the playing your game thing, as you know, and me trying to, you know, figure out many iterations and different moves, but um, I can see that. I can see that being the favorite, but also like the Achilles. So I guess as we work through those, you know, it does end up becoming maybe um, a favorite or we move on to something else because maybe we feel like we've kind of accomplished that. And then we kind of circle back to it later on um, different rivers. Right. So um, yeah, I can actually do, I I do actually see that. That's a good one. Kudos, man. That's uh, that's one of my coaching jujitsu moves. It's, it's little Jedi mind tricks there, yeah, sir. Exactly. <laughs> As we're coming towards the end of our time together, Nicole, there there is one more principle I'd love for you to speak to because I think, even though you haven't, I don't think you've overtly spoken to this yet. Um, you alluded to it and what you were just sharing about your experience running into the grocery store and, and kind of your experience with. Um, your resistance to certain words. And that is the, this idea of open loops, like just the idea of holding space to not leap to a judgment or to not leap to a false certainty or, you know, so much of the time we believe what we believe simply because we believe it. But if we can open the loop and leave space for curiosity and consideration um, and not attach, you know, not attach judgments or, let our our false narratives get in the way um more possibility and opportunity kind of uh and options kind of come up and so i'm just curious about what role if any um that idea of open loops played in uh in your journey oh that prior to cca that was probably my go-to was open loops because it was so human nature and i was so so conditioned to just be like i need to know now tell me now, I'm going to research it. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to do this now. I can't micro step, you know, like all of that was just so impossible for me to even fathom. Even it's like, how do you even begin to do that? And now it's such a natural thing of, oh, okay. So that's appears to be a tree out in front of me. As I look out my window what if it's, you know, like w- what other possibilities are there? And, and I have found just through, I know that's a silly example, but 
it, but it's true. It's like, oh, now I can see beyond the trees and I can see that there's a deer standing out there and I can see, you know, like so, so many doors and windows just continue to open and so many things just come into your awareness. And, and we hear Nick talk about this a lot, but things that I would have never, ever anticipated showing up in my life has shown up in my life. Um, things that I never even really dreamed of doing have shown up. My favorite is a friend invited me to go to Italy with her and we spent almost two weeks traveling together and we had a fantastic time. And prior to all that, that would have just been like, no, I can't take the time off work. You know, I would have had 101 excuses as to why I couldn't do something like that because I was so committed to always closing the loop and living in my own suffering and misery that I thought I had to control every piece of my world. I love that. Cause I, I do, you know, I don't struggle as much with the open loops, but man, I was, I was bad about it. Right. Like I had to have the answer. I had to know the thing, yep. you know, I had to feel like I accomplished figuring out the thing. And meanwhile, like you're barely scratching the surface. Right. So wow. open loops is a, a love hate relationship because I'm so inquisitive and I just want to, you know, know everything. And, um, but, but thanks for sharing that. Cause open loops is definitely, um, it's eye opening. <laughs> um, it, it definitely gives you more foundation as to like what, what the thing is, right. Instead of just kind of assuming that, you know, um, so open loops has been a, a blessing for sure to, to kind of experience and, and, you know, figure out that principle before, before this or before guardian or, that would have never happened. I would have always been, you know, running to Google or just trying to figure out the thing and and just keeping like the multi loops and like keeping it open and stuff like it is it is a game changer because you, you start to kind of experience it on a more cerebral level and more deeper level. So uh, thanks for sharing that. But um, so tell us, you know, moving forward, where can people like what are you working on? You mentioned the journals. How can people connect with you? You mentioned coaching. Like, give us the give us the details. Yeah. So Facebook, the Authentic Soul Journey. And um, that's also the website, theauthenticsouljourney.com, which ultimately uh, that one is an email contact. So if they want email contact, that's the best route. If they want um, more of the conversational contact, Facebook definitely is the route to go. Awesome. Just one one last highlight, Nicole, because when you were speaking to Vivica's question um, earlier, uh, it reminded me of, uh, you You know, I'm, a, uh, I'm kind of a geek when it comes to my my love of stoic philosophy and especially my man, Marcus Aurelius, he, he often reminds himself, you don't have to have an opinion about this thing. Um, which reminds me of um, what Epictetus said. It's not things that upset us, but are the opinions that we have about things that upset us. And I, I just love that part of what you shared about open loops. So thank you for that. Thank you for everything that you shared. Thank you for the difference you make. Vivica, always a treat and a pleasure and a privilege to spend this time with you just for everyone out there um no show next week uh scott and vivica are going to take a week off so there <laughs> and um but but in uh in 
the following week, we have a very special guest. Uh, Nicole mentioned him a few times. The uh, inimitable Nick Peterson will be appearing on the show in just a couple of weeks. So we're super excited to have him. We'll look forward to seeing you then. And uh, Vivica, any anything to wrap up? No, I think um, me and Scott are going to do in a couple of weeks, like a wrap up, sh- like kind of like a, I don't know, a synopsis of all our previous shows. So I, I, I might put a little uh, Facebook post out with, you know, some questions, maybe a survey just to see, you know, how you guys feel about previous shows, highlights, stuff like that. So just be on the lookout for that. We're going to kind of, you know, just mock something up and put it out. So it'll probably be like a Google sheet or some kind of survey or something. Don't worry about it. It's not a test guys. It's just kind of just to gauge the topics, the guests, stuff like that. So we just want to make sure we're delivering and, and, you know, providing what you guys are interested in and stuff like that. So just be on the lookout for that. That's it. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks, Vivica. Thank you all for tuning in and uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye guys.